Stay tuned. Welcome to Policy for the People, a show that explores the public policy. I'm Donna Quinn, and thank you for listening to Talk of Our Towns this morning. For the next half hour, we're going to be learning about the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park, an amazing addition to downtown Astoria and for the entire Columbia Pacific region. Today, my guest is the chair of the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park, Judith Lampy, known as Judy, and we'll be finding out about opportunities for you to get involved in this project. In fact, Labor Day, Labor Day, downtown Astoria, there's a volunteer project, we'll hear about that. Uh, Construction of the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park begins on September 7th. This has taken a very long time. It's going to be a beautiful addition to our community. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, thank you for having me on your program this morning. Well, I'm Grateful that you're able to be here and explain in more detail the beauty that we're going to be seeing unfolding over this next uh, year here. Um, Before we start talking about the Astoria Scandinavian Heritage Association, the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park, uh, the rich history in our area of the Scandinavians and their cultures, let's talk a little bit about Judith Lampy and your family and your heritage here. Oh, I'd love to share that. Um, My Finnish heritage is from my father's family and my four great grandparents immigrated from Finland to Astoria in the 1890s. So I like to say that I am a fourth generation Astoria Finn and I'm very proud of that as well as all the other Nordic people in our area. There's great pride in our heritage. And how has being Finnish affected your growing up, your life, the way you, the the foods you eat, the outlook at where you involved with Swami Hall, and we'll find out what that is later. How were you raised to appreciate this Finnish culture? Well, um, I actually grew up in Portland and had my career there, and I returned to Astoria after my retirement. Um, So we celebrated our Finnish heritage on the weekends when we would come to Brownsmead, Oregon, which is uh, about 18 miles east of Astoria, to be with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles. And one of the biggest way we celebrated our heritage was Saturday night, sauna night. (laughs) Uh, We also ate foods that our family uh, ate for generations. Um, There was a dairy farm, which is a a, a lot, many Finnish immigrants uh, had dairy farms. You know, one sad thing is uh, when the Nordic immigrants came here, 
They wanted to be Americans. So they did their best to uh, celebrate that. Uh, you know, a lot of other Nordic and Finnish groups celebrated, yeah, I think, more of their heritage. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't really talk about Finland and their families from there, which is unfortunate. Um, of course, we went to a good Lutheran Finnish church in Brownsmead um, that actually had services in Finnish. Um, and that's another thing we did as a family on Sunday mornings was to go to the church. And um, my father and his siblings, my grandparents, and one of my great grandparents was still alive when I was a child. They spoke Finnish at home. And um, unfortunately, they didn't teach my generation. I wish they would have. But I spent a lot of time sitting around the house listening to Finnish. Um, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> and uh, But a lot of people in our area do speak Nordic languages. You can actually go somewhere in town and hear people speaking Finnish or Norwegian. And I think that's just, you know, so cool. It is. And one of the things I love, and I want to hear you pronounce it, is this concept of S-I-S-U. Tell us about that. Sisu. Sisu. And it has, yes, it, it has all kinds of meanings. Uh, fortitude, um, a can-do attitude, um, strength, courage, um, hard work. There's just so many um, things associated with it. And the Finnish people have a lot of these qualities. Guts, yes, indeed. Intestinal fortitude, no gibbity-uppity. Continuing on. That's right. Indeed, they do. Yes. I, I love that. And and there are, as you said, there are six active organizations that people may not know about in Astoria today. Would, would you just talk a little bit about those organizations? Of course. Um, it's just amazing that our area has all Nordic uh, countries representative by local lodges, fraternities, societies. And real quickly, I'll just mention them. There's the United Finnish Kabbalah Brothers and Sisters, Astoria Lodge II. Um, everybody seems to associate that with Finnish Brotherhood or Sumi Hall. And uh, that organization actually started in 1886. There's the Scandinavian Benevolence Society, 1887. Sons of Norway, um, Lodge Number 16, 1910. The Daughters of Norway Lodge, 1910. Um, Astoria Lodge 215 Vasa, which is Swedish Order of America, 1912. The Lower Columbia Danish Society was formed in 1975. And then the Astoria Scandinavian Heritage Association was formed in 2011. Um, these lodges are active, they have meetings, they prepare Nordic foods, which they sell at the Scandinavian festival. 
um, the Finnish Brotherhood, uh, due to COVID, uh, had two things that they sold behind the lodge with a drive-through, uh, their famous prune tart and their lox loaded dinner, which is potatoes with salmon. <laughs> they didn't do La Ludafest this year. <laughs> well, and we should tell people where, is Sumi Hall the only, the only one of these six organizations that actually has a, a facility, a structure, a building? No, actually the Sons of Norway um, own a building and property in Gearhart. Okay, I did not know that. So Sumi Hall is right there in Uniontown. Yes. And mm -hmm. people pass it driving by there. And it's and a perfect location because Uniontown was where all the Finns settled. <laughs> and why was there such an influx at the turn of the century in the late 1800s? Why? early 1900s, why was there such a migration of Scandinavians to the lower Columbia Pacific region, specifically Astoria, Nacelle, uh, Brownsmead, all of that? Why did they come? Uh, okay, so um, I like to use the word Nordic because technically Finland is not considered part of Scandinavia. Um, and the reasons why the Nordic immigrants came here a lot of things were happening at that time uh, in the Nordic lands. Uh, there was famine. Uh, there was Russia invading Finland. There, uh, one main reason um, in Finland, for example, the oldest son inherits the family's property. So the younger siblings do not have the hope of ever owning their own land. So uh, because of these reasons, the Nordic people immigrated to this area. The main reason was to make a better life for their family. They could own land. They could have you know, many choices of professions. Um, so most of them chose professions that they did back home, such as fishing, logging, farming, um, which there was plenty of opportunity for those professions here in Astoria and our local area. Yes, and it looks a little bit like Finland. I mean, it's gorgeous. I mean, the, what they, so their skills were needed, especially when the big salmon boom was happening. And, and uh, so they were needed here. And, and, they, and so they came here in great numbers. Yeah, so you're totally right about the climate. Um, you know, where my family came in Finland, the climate is almost exactly the same as Astoria. <laughs> yes, um, and the beauty, the beauty too. So, yes. so you have all these people who arrive, they bring with them their customs, their cultures. I think there were some Scandinavian restaurants, or I'm sorry, I'm going to say Nordic. Thank you. From now on, we'll okay. say Nordic. Okay. Uh, Nordic. Uh, because Scandinavia is, 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 I mean, generally... Scandinavia is considered to be Denmark, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, and Finland, but Finland has that special, unique kind of status, so, so we'll say Nordic. Um, okay. So they came and they brought these, these wonderful uh, gifts from their, their own cultures, and again, the language is still alive, being spoken. There are lots of people, and if you look at the phone book in Nacelle, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, and you'll 
Go ahead. Now you'll see the uh, pride in the cell. Everywhere you go, there's Finnish flags flying. There's a big flag right downtown on a sign when you enter the city. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park. But before that, I guess we have to go back to the Astoria Scandinavian Heritage Association, which is a nonprofit. It has a board. And they are responsible for the Midsummer Festival in the middle of June every year, which is one of my very favorite events. It happens out at the Classic County Fairgrounds. And, um, and in fact, by the way, you can learn so much about the Scandinavian heritage in our area, the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park, by going to the website, uh, astorianordicpark.org. But... Um, Judy, let's talk about the Astoria Scandinavian Heritage Association because they really were the motivators, the movers to say, let's have a park downtown in Astoria to honor our Nordic heritage. Okay, um, in 2015, um, there was a discussion about um, the need to keep the Nordic heritage alive um, we had so many new people moving to Astoria. Uh, they weren't familiar with the history of the Nordic people here. And, um, you know, we just decided it was time to do something so that visitors to our city and our new citizens would know about our past and the pride that our city has in its Nordic carriage. So Carol Linkstad, who's the treasurer of the Astoria Scandinavian Heritage Association, which I'll call OSHA, um, brought up the idea of making an immigrant monument to do that. Um, it's an idea that many other people had talked about in the past, but uh, it really got going when Carol brought it up. And then you had to find a place. You so so. Let's talk about. So once you said yes, we think there's support for this. This is uh, because not only is the um, Scandinavian Midsummer Festival um, a huge uh, you know event. I mean, drawing over ten thousand attendees. It it's it's so popular, so successful that you said we need something in downtown. And so you had this momentum and so then, but you then had to find property. So let's talk a teeny bit about how that happened and how you found uh, the property that where the park is now gonna be starting construction uh, next Tuesday, September 7th. Okay, so um, also President Lauren Matthews and Carol Linkstadt uh, began by meeting with the uh, City of Astoria Parks and Rec Department to discuss locations for the park. And I do believe that they had seven locations to choose from. However, the best location was between 15th and 16th Street on Marine Drive. It has a full river view. It's at the gateway to historic downtown Astoria, um, highly visible. And we kind of consider the park as a welcome to our downtown. And we actually have a gateway arch, a metal structure. And to me, that symbolizes the gateway to downtown historic Astoria. Um, so the committee that was formed chose that location. 
we took it to city council and presented and uh, the city council gave the rec park and rec department permission to move forward discussing this project um, with us. So that was the beginning. And then we went to the city council and requested that the park plans move forward. And uh, our city councilors loved the idea and approved for us to move forward with the park. Um, and then after the fundraising. That, then you had to do the hard work of raising funds. Yes. So uh, we began raising funds uh, shortly after um, the city approved the project. And, you know, in the beginning, I, I hear that the second half of fundraising is the most difficult. So um, it got off to a great start. And uh, let's see, by June 18th, we had raised $150,000. Uh, that was 2018, did I say that? And um, then by June of 2019, we made the halfway mark of $500,000. And of course, then the pandemic hit and a lot of uh, foundations diverted their money to economic relief or recovery from COVID. And that, you know, that really impacted our grant opportunities. But foundations did keep giving us money. Um, 400 plus individuals uh, 11 corporations, um, two governmental agencies or, uh, gave us uh, money for the park, but it was our individual donors, uh, citizens of Astoria, former citizens of Astoria, family members. We even had donation from Germany, um, North Dakota, uh, San Diego, because uh, former Astorians that have moved are so proud of this city. They still want to be involved in, uh, you know, making it a better place. Yes, once, you, once you've been an Astorian and you can choose to be an Astorian, once you, whether you were born there or not, if you love it and you want to keep the culture and history alive, you can be an Astorian and it's in your blood. Absolutely. I'm going to do a quick station break here, Judy. Um, and that is if you've just tuned in, you're listening to KMUN. This is Talk of Our Towns. I'm your host, Donna Quinn. And today I'm talking with Judy Lampe. She is the chair of the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park, which had a groundbreaking ceremony on August 19th of this year. Construction begins next Tuesday, September 7th. They have reached their fundraising goal. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll finish that up in this next half of the program. There is a volunteer project for all of you who are listening who wanna come out on Labor Day. And, uh, and, and Judy will tell us a little bit about that. It's located right in downtown Astoria. The, you come from the east and there you are, you see Bach and Rock. And then, and then the very next thing is the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park. So, Judy, let's go back to you had a groundbreaking ceremony and that happened because you had some very large donors at the end that pushed you over the top. Uh, yes, we did. Um, 
Our final over-the-top donation was from the Cannery Pier Hotel and Spa. Um, they gave us $100,000, which is a very, very generous donation. Um, before that, uh, Tony and Shelly Larson, who live in Sweet Home, Oregon, who do have a connection to Astoria uh, through grandparents, uh, gave us a quarter million dollars. And that's just amazing. Um, and then our other top donor is John and Mary Jean England, who of course are, um, you know, longtime residents of Astoria and of Nordic descent. Um, you know, but it took every donor, every single donor to make this happen. Are you still accepting donations? Um, because are there still things? I know people in the beginning, people could buy, um, they could have some naming rights to some things like uh, a paver or, or, or whatever kinds of things. And, and one of the things I have to say is that Robert Jake Jacob, who was the, the, uh, the visionary who built the Cannery Pier Hotel and Spa, and, uh, and unfortunately is deceased, uh, died a couple of years ago, but in his honor, there will be a trash can because he loved <laughs> to throw things away. He hated clutter. And so we thought, okay, the Robert Jacob, who was an Astoria icon, he will have a trash can in his name to keep the park clean, keep things, keep the clutter free. And we wanna talk about the design, by the way, of, of the park. Um, but are you, are people still able, how can people be involved with the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park? What do you need right now? Okay, so we have um, raised all the necessary funds for the park to be completed. And, uh, you know, we've paid quite a few of like the architects and engineers. And so uh, a lot of that money's already been spent, but how can people contribute now? And for, well, fortunately, all of our naming rights have sold, so there's no longer an opportunity to have a naming right. But you can still donate because when we signed the agreement with the city of Astoria, we also agreed to maintain the park, uh, clean it, pressure wash it, um, repair any damages that occur in the park, um, pay the electricity, and so we think we'll have about a $7,000 of, uh, of expenses to do that. So we need to keep our coffers up, uh, our contingency, our reserves, in case something does happen in the park. We really hope that there is no damage, but if there is, we need the funds to make the repairs. And so we're still yeah. We're still asking people to make donations, maybe um, once a year, or maybe a, something every month, or, you know, whatever a person can do would be greatly appreciated. All right, Judy, what is the Astoria Nordic Heritage Park going to look like? Okay, so the park is just beautiful. The design is wonderful. And the park has a storyline. When you leave the river and you're approaching the park, that represents that 
you left the homeland to make a better life for your family. And as you come up the ADA ramp or staircase, you're, you know, arriving in Astoria and the plaza that you arrive at, that represents that the Nordic people uh, brought their traditions um, and celebrate their heritage. Uh, located there will be uh, immigrant, concrete immigrant trunks to signify that these immigrants brought everything they could in a trunk, you know, left most of their things behind as well as their family, who many never saw again. Uh, and then there's the midsummer pole. There'll be a 20 foot metal midsummer pole um, with of course it has a chicken on top because here in Astoria we have a tradition out of the festival that there's a chicken on top of our midsummer pole. Um, and that can be used for um, celebrations. You know, we might have gatherings there where our Nordic dancers dance around the pole. We could have live music there. Um, so this plaza um, meets the, one of the goals of the um, our agreement with the city. Uh, when they did the master plan for the parks, uh, there was a need for an urban plaza. And this will meet that need. This will be an urban plaza that can be used for many, many public events. Maybe not even Nordic events, maybe other events people want to have in a, in a plaza. Um, and then there's this wonderful gateway arch. It's a metal structure and it will have uh, glass Nordic flags on the inside that will light up, light up at night. And this gateway arch represents that you're now becoming an Astorian. When you come through that gateway, there'll be interpretive panels that you learn all about why the Nordic people came here, what professions they chose when they came here. Um, and then on the left side, there's these granite stones that will have images of the professions that the Nordic people um, chose. For example, Columbia Memorial Hospital bought a granite stone that has a fabulous image of a nurse holding a child. Um, and it's a very old photo. It's probably from before the 1900s. Uh, there's also uh, a carpenter, a logger, a and there, and, Yes, and there are going to be these interpretive panels which explain the significance of the contributions of the Nordic immigrants to the area and benches so that people can enjoy the river view and reflect on this you know, universal immigrant experience, which is Fantastic. Uh, we're, we could talk forever, Judy. We only have about five minutes left. So, um, okay. and people can see the design, by the way, if they go to the uh, website, which is astorianordicpark.org. You also have a Facebook. So, let's talk a little bit about what people can do, which is aside from making a donation for the maintenance of the park, they can. Um, in construction, of course, begins on the 7th, but on the 6th, on September 6th, which is this coming Monday, Labor Day, there's a volunteer project. Let's talk about that. 
Okay, so our con our general contractor, Reckenbach Construction, um, looked into some cost saving measures um, to help, you know, our budget. And uh, one of them was that OSHA would organize the tree protection project. And what that is, it'll be construction fencing that's installed around the uh, trees roots so that they're not damaged during construction, you know, by equipment going over them or other ways. And so this volunteer project, Home Depot has donated all the necessary materials and will also provide a team of volunteers for the pro team part of the Home Depot. Uh, the Rotary is sending volunteers local citizens, as well as members of the Nordic community. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, we hope that a lot of people show up so the project will go faster since it's a holiday. Um, however, even though we're outdoors, we're asking our volunteers to wear masks and to dress for the weather. And then cash and carry, um, which does have a new name, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I can't remember it. They'll be donating the beverages and treats for the volunteers. Um, so it's going to be a fun, fun day. And, yeah. you know, come down and do something for your city that day. I mean, Labor Day, volunteer labor. Yes, protect the trees, indeed. Um, Judy, what other things? We only have a couple of minutes left. Any last things you'd like the listening audience to know about Astoria Nordic Heritage Park? Obviously, they can go to your website or Facebook. Um, they can sign up for the newsletter online at astoriannordicpark.org. Anything else you'd like the audience to know? Well, I'd just like to say thank you to everybody that supported this park. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you. And, you know, we have a fabulous committee uh, made up of board members from OSHA representatives from all of our local Nordic lodges, um, family members. I, I just really want to thank them for six years of hard work uh, for this part to happen. And I want to thank uh, our local community, our local businesses. Um, we couldn't have done it without you. Well, the design of the park is absolutely spectacular. The, the flags, to have the flags flying, to have it be kind of the welcome to Astoria. It just, it's just perfectly right. It's just, so congratulations to you and everyone else and, and the work continues. So um, thank you for making time to talk today, Judy. And uh, I hope people will go to the website, astorianordicpark.org. I hope they'll show up for Labor Day to help protect trees and and uh, and to watch this this park, oh, which the dedication, by the way, of the park, it, it should be finished in December, I think you told me, but the actual dedication will be in June of 2022 as part of the uh, Scandinavian Midsummer Festival. Uh, yes, June 17th, uh, the first day of the festival at 10:30 of the morning, and uh, you know, I talked a lot about finish. It's just not finish. 
it's all the Nordic groups. So my apologies to the other Nordic groups for talking so much about my heritage. Well, because we have Finware downtown and because you're Finnish, that makes sense. And so we, uh, <laughs> yes, all the Nordic countries, everybody, Denmark, Iceland, Norway, Sweden, Finland, yay. Thank you, Judy, so much. And thanks to all of you who listened to KMUN and, and to talk of our towns, my gratitude to Nevada for again, making this programming happen through Zoom. And, uh, and also, um, thank you so much, local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for the original music for this program. Until next month, because this program now is the first Thursday of each month at 9am, Talk of Our Towns. Um, I hope you will now take a minute just uh, to take a very deep breath with me right now. Let's just all take a very deep breath together. It is so healing for body, mind, and spirit. And then with gratitude focused on the things that are going well in your life, yes, there is so much bad news. It's so sad today and it's so hard sometimes. We feel troubled and 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 as, as obviously we should with what's happening in the world today. However, in between our grieving and our raging and whatever we need to do to make sense of things, which maybe they don't, it doesn't even make sense, but also try to find some gratitude and joy for the things that are working well, the birds that are singing outside your window, the children laughing, the people you love who love you, um, doing work you love. Anyway, try to find something um, to be grateful for and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you. The only one and for doing the best you can every what really is. And for being here now in this moment, the only moment that exists, the now moment on the amazing planet we call 